Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Here we are on Play On Radio for our AFLW season preview with the season starting tomorrow, which is kind of crazy. Um, I'm here with Kirby Fenwick, who's amazing, whose audio doco you would have heard, uh, you will be hearing this afternoon at 5pm. Kirby uh, has put together a really wonderful audio documentary called The First Friday in February uh, that kind of talks about the the experience of that inaugural AFLW match between Carlton and Collingwood and kind of the emotion that goes into it especially speaking to a lot of women who have been involved in footy for a really long time and are finally starting to see um, their their work come to fruition in a way that it's not just them being on the outskirts anymore, it's them being actually involved in the game, which obviously is very near and dear to my heart. Thank you so much for being here and also thank you so much for making that audio doco. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) (laughs) If you can't tell, I love it a lot and I'm very excited to be playing it. I did do a little cheer when Kirby said that I could. (laughs) Um, But today we're here to talk about the third season of the AFLW, which is going to be a little bit different to what we've seen before. Are you getting excited? I'm so pumped. (laughs) It's been so long without footage. It feels like forever. I'm just really ready to to get back into the AFLW bubble, which is such a lovely place to be. Yeah, especially on Twitter when you block lots of people who are really rude about it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. you just got to not bite back. Sometimes it's, it's so hard. hard. It's hard. Because, I mean, it's um, I feel quite protective of the AFLW. Yeah. So I feel like I, I want to defend it and I want to, like, fight for it. So it's really hard. But I think... Um, some people can't be convinced yeah. and you might as well go and beat your head against a brick wall for all the difference it's going to make. So I just ignore a lot yeah. of stuff. I try to make it as positive as I can. I try not to make it too um, intensely talking about the negatives of it and the negatives that are kind of put on the AFLW and the players but sometimes you just got to be like, no, this is not fair. <laughs> <laughs> you do but, sometimes, yeah, but yeah. pick your battles, I think. Exactly. And that's why I have very much been enjoying uh, creating big lists or threads of plays to watch out for and things like that. So that's been really fun. And we're kind of going to keep doing that today because we're going to talk about everything to do with this season and we're going to make a couple of outlandish predictions, which is <laughs> my most exciting part. Looking forward to that. <laughs> So we'll start off by talking about the fact that we've got conferences this season, which um, ignoring all the negatives about conferences, let's go through what they actually mean. Um, So we've got conference A, conference B, each has five teams and every team plays every other team in their own conference once and then they play three crossover games, which means that there are two teams in the season that you don't play unless you meet them in the finals. Yeah. So, um, and then when you come to the finals, there are two prelims. So 
the person, the team that finishes first in Conference A plays the second in Conference B and vice versa. Yeah. And then the, obviously the winners go into the grand final. So yeah. if anyone was confused about how these conferences were going to work, that's pretty much how. It's kind of straightforward. Like when you talk about it like that, yeah. you know, when you sort of put it in that ABC, mm-hmm. it's like, it's quite straightforward. It's, it's quite clear. Even though at the beginning, I think we were kind of like, oh, this is really confusing. How is this going to work? But yeah. when you sort of, yeah, lay it out, it's... It's quite straightforward. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that maybe bothers me the most. Just going to be negative for two seconds here. But (laughs) I think the idea of conferences uh, seems like it's solving a problem that didn't really exist. Absolutely. It's uh, kind of papering over the fact that every team... It's solving a problem for the AFL. It is. But it's just an excuse for every team not to play the other It's an excuse to keep the competition in this little box. Yes. Which is what they want to do because they're trying to, very obviously, trying to limit too much overlap with the AFL-M competition. Yeah. It's disappointing because, um, you know, they, the AFL introduced two new teams. So it's their own doing. Yeah. Um, So to not then have every team play each other kind of feels a little bit like this is not quite right. Um, And I think that comes from, you know, we're accustomed to the AFLM competition where everybody does play each other at least once, yeah. sometimes twice. So now we have this conference system which is which is not familiar to AFL fans. Like this has not happened in our sport at any level as far as I'm aware. Yeah. And so you sort of like automatically have that, um, oh, reaction, you know, <laughs> like, oh, I don't know, this doesn't feel quite right. Um so, yeah, I think the AFL are trying to keep the competition in a box and that's why they've introduced the conference system. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I'm not a fan mm. because I want my team to play every team. Yeah. I want more games, basically. I think I'm not alone in that. Well, all you need is two more weeks. It's not like you're asking for two months or anything. It's two more weeks. And I think it's inevitable that the AFLW and the AFLM will overlap. Yeah, I mean, I it think already that's does. The future, like that's what's going to happen. That's what we have to be working towards. When there are eighteen AFLW teams, yeah, what are we? Are they just going to run a conference and you still only play like seven games or nine games or whatever? Like that's just not feasible. So it's going to have to overlap at some point. Yeah, um, I just think it needs a little bit of courage from the AFL to just sort of go, "Yep, this is what we're going to do," and just do it. But I think the other, just before we get off this topic, but I think the other thing was. With Brisbane in the grand final last year, I think the reaction to Brisbane playing that grand final at a, a community ground and then the men's team playing at, I think it was Docklands. It was. I think their reaction to wanting them to be at the same ground so they could reasonably go to both or wanting the game to be ticketed so they could reasonably assure that if they travel to Melbourne to go to both of these games they will have access to both of the games. Doesn't that tell you enough that people want to go to both and people are going to make accommodations to be able to see both of their teams play? That should have been enough, I think. Yeah, I think that's a really important point because something that I have thought about a lot over the last couple of years is how I don't think the AFL trusts their fans. Yeah, I don't think they trust fans um, of the sport in general and I definitely don't think they trust the AFLW fans. I don't think they... Um, quite get how passionately so many people feel about this competition because we have waited all our lives to see this happen. So I don't think they quite trust us that we are going with them. Yeah. Um, And 
regardless of the conferences, I'm still all in with this conference. Like I don't like the conferences, but I'm still all in. Yeah. So like I, f- I feel like there's a little bit of not quite trusting us mm. enough to uh, give us the competition that we want and that we've so many people have worked so hard for. Yeah, I don't think anyone wants one over the other. I think they just want both equally so they can go to both. I want both. Most people just want more footy. Absolutely. And this is what it is. Like, I want to be able – and, I mean, I kind of already do it in the men's comp where I go for Sydney but I also really love Melbourne – in the women's, it's the same. Like, I just want more footy. So, absolutely. I don't know. It just seems a little bit short sighted the way it's gone about. But we have conferences, that's we how do. they work. And we'll make the best out of a bad situation. We will. Um, that's what women do. Exactly. And we've been doing <laughs> it our whole lives. Um, let's go through each team in Conference A to kick off. We're, we're going to go through each team in a little bit of detail, talk about who they've got in. Um, who they've got inactive or injured for the season and, and who they're not going to play in this conference system. Um, so we'll kick it off with Conference A and the Adelaide Crows. So they're new players for 2019. Nikki Gore, who's a midfielder. She's looking pretty promising. Hannah Martin, another midfielder. Caitlin Rosenswag, I think I said that wrong, a forward. Uh, Chloe Shear, a mid. Jess Foley, who's going to end up being a very important pickup for them as a ruck. Danielle Ponta, a midfielder, and Renee Fourth in um, in a trade or free agency, wasn't it? Um, as a mid as well. And they've also lost Ruth Wallace, Jess Allen, and Rhiannon Metcalf through inactivity or injury. That's a bit intimidating, I think, those losses. Yeah, absolutely. I think Jess Allen is a big loss, especially after what happened to Rhiannon Metcalf with mm. the ACL. Um, you know, she was like a support rock, so and I think she had a great season last she year, was a really promising last player. Year. So that's going to be that's a huge loss for Adelaide because how do you I mean you've lost your sort of two main rucks what do you do to cover that you know that's that's pretty horrific yeah um I think that speaks to the issues with the size of the list for AFLW like it only takes a couple of injuries particularly of a, a key player like a ruck yeah. and you're decimated um I, I don't think you can write Adelaide off though of course because they have Aaron Phillips yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah amazing but you know I mean Chelsea Randall of uh, is an amazing player. They yeah. still have some really quality players on their list. I think Renee Forth is a really good addition, even though she may not have had, you know, the best season with the Giants last year. She brings a lot of experience and leadership to, to that team. Um, so she's a fantastic addition. You mentioned um, Caitlin Rosen, Rosenweg? Rosenweg? Rosenweg. I, you probably said it right. I Apologies, definitely said it Caitlin. wrong. <laughs> um, and Chloe Shear, who are really exciting young players. They did really well in the under-18 champs. Chloe yeah. Shear in 2017, I believe she injured her knee and so didn't play last year. Um, but, you know, they're some really exciting young players and they – I'm really looking forward to Chloe Shear and Caitlin for sure. I think they're going to be great. But I'm also really looking forward to their Irish recruit. Yes. Who's a rookie and she may get a chance, um, you know, given a couple of injuries, particularly with Rhiannon Metcalf. So I'm going to try and pronounce her name and I hope the Irish government doesn't take my passport <laughs> back off me. But um, Eilish, yes. Eilish, Eilish Considine. Oh, did I miss that, her? I've probably done that completely wrong, so I apologise to sorry all I the her. Irish listeners. But she's she's from Ireland, so yeah. we have five Irish players in the competition which now, is which is incredible. exciting. And there's one that I'm going to go into a lot of detail with very soon as well, I promise. Can't wait. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm really excited to see um, her get an opportunity to and see what she can do. I mean, if we look at what Cora Staunton did last year, yeah. it's going to be really exciting to see 
um, what these Irish players can bring to the game. So I think Adelaide has some challenges, but um, doesn't mean that they can't overcome them. Yeah. I, I, I am worried about them in the respect that last year they showed how much they rely on Aaron Phillips. Yeah, and absolutely. No team can really find sustained success if they are so reliant on one player. I think Chelsea Randall does actually go under the radar a little bit. I know she's yeah. been Australian and all that, but the way people talk about her is just as a courageous player. She's actually a very skilled player mm-hmm. and she's a really important leader of that Absolutely. club. And yeah, the other thing is Exactly. And the other thing is she can be swung forward or back. Yeah. People see her as a back back like a defender, but she I can, think she can push up through the ground, absolutely. Exactly. And um, the other thing is um, there's an injury cloud over Courtney Cramie again. And last oh, year... Oh, really? I thought she was back okay. No, it's, it's looking like she's having some issues. She didn't play that practice match and um, I, it, I believe it's another soft tissue injury. And last year she was really missed in that first part of the season that she wasn't there. So if she encounters that again, I'm I'm worried about them putting too much reliance on their young players. Yeah. That being said, Nikki Gore, I've, I've, I, bleh, I can't talk, but I know a, a couple of people that played with her in, in younger teams and things like that. And they've only got amazing things to say about her. I'm really keen to see what she can bring um, at the highest level. Yeah, I think absolutely. she'll be in a really interesting addition with those others that you were mentioning. Um, but they don't play Brisbane or Collingwood in the system, which I'm a bit sad because I like the Adelaide Brisbane games. I think they have a. They're always really great games, and it's a rivalry been, yeah. in a that's not a traditional rivalry from other. It's an AFLW rivalry, exactly. Yeah, I uh, yeah I agree. I'm really disappointed they don't play the Lions. Um, I just think that that like like we said, it's always a good game when yep. those two teams meet. You know, they have that history, so it's always exciting. So that's really disappointing that yeah. they don't meet. But their first game is against your team, Bulldogs, the yes. Western Bulldogs at Norwood <laughs> Oval, and it's the second game of the season tomorrow night. So that's that's looking like a pretty exciting game. I do worry for them. Uh, the Dogs are obviously quite a strong team, and Adelaide are looking a little bit shaky early on. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, look, I mean, when we played them last year, um, it was only like in the sort of dying moments of the game, Katie Brennan injured herself and the ball sort of dropped free and Adelaide managed to to grab a win then. But yeah. it was a fantastic game. It was so intense yeah, and so fiercely contested as all AFLW games are. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really, really, really looking forward to it. I may not be able to watch it live because I'm probably going to Geelong. So I may Same. have to be um, coming home and, and chucking on the replay, I think, and yeah. avoiding any normal social media <laughs> so I don't see any... any hint of what has happened turn your phone on airplane mode yeah that's gonna be it's gonna be a really exciting game to kick off the season in Adelaide for sure yeah and I'm glad that it's in Adelaide I'll we'll come to this a little bit um later on but I'm glad that we've got a game in Geelong and a game in Adelaide to start it off because those are two like kind of footy heartlands that aren't Melbourne and you know people are going to turn out and it's going to be a really good atmosphere to kick off the season i expect adelaide to be packed yeah, yeah. it's gonna I be mean, awesome their fans always turn out i'm not sure exactly where that is it being played at norwood yeah norwood, norwood. Yeah. so i expect adelaide fans to pack that oval out it's gonna be so good and to be very hostile <laughs> <laughs> that's the best kind of crowd right <laughs> depends on what side of the hostility you are i think well let's move on to your dogs while we're on the topic um, I know I'm throwing you around a little bit. I've changed the order of how we're speaking about these, so I do apologise. That's okay. Um, but do you want to go through 
kind of who you've got in and who you've got out for your team? Yeah, so we obviously had some pretty significant changes yep. in the off season. <laughs> um, the, the obviously Emma Carney went to uh, went to North, so she's a pr- pretty significant loss, being the league best and fairest. Um, but there was also Daria Bannister and Jenna Bruton that went with her. Aster Connor went to Geelong, and there were some delistings with um, Kimberly Ebb, Laura Bailey, Rachel Ashley, and Jessica Anderson. We have picked up some handy players, I think. Um, <laughs> Kate Bartlett who um, is from WA, I think I've got that correct. Yeah. Um, Tessa Boyd, who is the younger sister of Tom Boyd, is, is a rookie for us, which is exciting. Eleanor Brown, All-Australian in the under-18 um, champs last year. Jessie Davies, who played in the VFLW for, for the Bulldogs, so she's a familiar face. Selena Carlson, I believe she was a St Kilda – oh, sorry, a Southern Saint yes. in the VFLW, <laughs> so she's an exciting addition. Um, Celine Moody, who is I'm the so sister, sister of the Carlton, is it Brianne, Brianne Moody? Um, Belinda Smith, her ex-Fremantle player. And um, Ashling McCarthy, who is our Irish recruit. Yes, there are so, so many Ashlings in the comp. I think yeah. you have two, don't you? Uh, I think we only have oh, one. I'm imagining things. Anyway. Oh, no, we do. Ashling Utri. Yeah, Sorry. there we go. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, obviously, our team's going to look very different yeah. this year to what it did last year. You take Emma Carney and Jenna Bruton out of the midfield, you take Astor O'Connor out of the ruck, and she like moved mostly into the ruck last year and was fantastic. Yeah. So there's some pretty significant losses. Um, Brooke Lockland obviously injured herself in the practice match against Collingwood. Um, it's likely she may not get back this season. They're saying six to eight weeks, which says. If you make finals, maybe. Maybe, but whether they'll whether they'll risk it, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and Izzy Huntington as well is possibly not available until around five, depending on you know how she goes ticking her physio boxes. So, it's but we didn't have Izzy for the finals last year either. So yeah. So yeah, it's a very it's a very different look team, but there's some players I'm really excited about, like Kate Bartlett. I'm really excited about her. Um, I think she's a handy little goal kicker that could be a great replacement for Brooke Lockland. Um, Eleanor Brown, as I said, All-Australian under-18 in the Champs last year. Very excited about her. Also, she has red hair. <laughs> I have red hair, team red hair. Um, yeah, and Tessa Boyd, I, I really hope that Tessa gets a chance. Um, yeah. She's a rookie, so there would have to be a spot open up on the list for her. But very hopeful that um, she can sneak into the side because I'd love to see her jumping around well, especially stuff if, like her brother does. Yeah, especially if Izzy's not back for a little while, there is a bit of a a spot for a tall forward yeah, to kind of come in. So that that's looking good. Celine Moody, again, if she can mark anything like her sister does, she's going to be such a good kind of recruit for you guys as well. Um, I, I think the thing is with Brooke Lachlan, she's a great player. She clearly had that incredible game in the Pride match last year, but she's not a known goal kicker otherwise too much. So I think... She does bring an incredible amount of speed to the team. Yeah. Um, and works as that kind of, you know, small sort of forward midfielder, you know, pushing up into the midfield. So I think she sort of works to create a lot of play. And I think with the, you know, with losing Emma Carney and Jenna Bruton, who were such important parts of our premiership last year, um, you know, that would have been an opportunity for her to kind of step into the mid... Maybe more into the midfield and, and yeah. kind of expand her role a little bit. So... You know, unfortunately, she's probably not going to get that chance this year, but maybe next year. Yeah. I just feel like that's probably and, – and a lot of people are probably thinking, oh, who's going to kick their goals? But um, I'm thinking more who's going to be that driving force for them and that outside 
run and link yeah. player. That's where you're going to miss her more than yeah, up forward, but having, maybe. Yeah, but having said that, someone like Naomi Ferris, um, who spent a lot of time in defence last year, I know she played a lot more um, through the midfield yeah. in the VFLW season. So, um, you know, there's no reason why she couldn't sort of push up. And I'm pretty sure she won the Bulldogs BNF VFLW, even though she only played seven games. Wow. So she's a really exciting player. I um yeah, cannot wait to see what she – she's so young, but I cannot wait to see what she develops into. So perhaps there's an opportunity for someone like Naomi to kind of step up and, you know, and take a bit of that. Yeah, cool. Especially that now that Libby Birch has kind of come into her own as a defender, she kind of yeah. has stepped up a bit to solidify your defence where it does let someone like Ferris come out and do something a little bit different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I think our defence is looking really good, um, not to sort of – talk my own team up but um you <laughs> I'm know, gonna La- do that later don't worry <laughs> yeah you know Lauren Spark is a brilliant defender yeah um and she's really got, you know making huge strides in her game um I watched I was at the Carlton Bulldogs uh, sorry Collingwood Bulldogs practice match and you know she took a couple of really great intercept marks which was really wonderful to see you know Hannah Scott is just amazing yeah. like I'm a big fan of Hannah Scott <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who's ever met me can attest to, but, you know, someone like Hannah, you know, she pushes up from the back line um, and has managed to kick a goal in each of the last two seasons, despite being a defender. So I always love when defenders kick goals. I just get so excited. Yes. Um, I'm a defender myself. So, but um, yeah, so I think we still have some strength there. So I think our our holes um, are sort of more towards the midfield. Um, with the loss of Carney and Bruton and obviously Aster from the Ruck as well. But I think yeah. we've recruited well to kind of cover those gaps, fingers crossed. Yeah, for sure. So the Bulldogs miss out on playing Collingwood and GWS, which I think is going to work in your favour. And uh, your first game... Yes, but I am disappointed we're not playing the Giants. Yeah, I th- we'll get to them soon, but they <laughs> are looking like a force. So, yeah, I... You're probably going to get a little bit lucky there. I might feel, I might feel better about it towards the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. um, and your first game we just mentioned is against Adelaide at Norwood Oval. So as we said, hostile crowd. It's going to be a really interesting one. But I think there's going to be quite the atmosphere of that game. Yeah, no, I think it'll be really exciting. Can't wait to watch it on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not bitter. <laughs> no, look, I mean, it's going to be a great game. And, you know, the, the dogs have a couple of exciting games. I think the... Um, the North game is going to be a bit of a Emma Carney grudge match. Yeah. So that should be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's also kind of convenient in a way that you're coming up against Adelaide who have just lost Rihanna Metcalf and obviously not, not got Jess Allen for the year and you've just lost Astor O'Connor. So Seems fair, doesn't everyone's it? Everyone's being forced to use their team in a different way or, yeah. or they've got the same deficiencies in a way. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how each team battles how those. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, and of course the the pride game at the end of the year is always you know I mean I say always we've only had one, yeah, but and it worked well for you. Guys. Yeah, it worked out really well for us. <laughs> but um, you know it's going to be another great game. I think it was a wonderful occasion last year. It was such a I mean obviously it was a brilliant one because we won, but also <laughs> just the whole vibe of the of the event and uh, just the fact that we had a pride game. I'm really glad really cool. that we the AFLW does have a pride match because I think it. If anything, it's probably more important in the women's game because they are much more open about that sort of stuff and are kind of leading the way for LGBT um, players and sports people. Uh, the men could learn a lot from it. Um, but <laughs> it would I think be nice it's... to have a pride round, yes. I think, not just a game. It would be great to get everybody involved and 
yeah. um, you know, and have just a real extravaganza. I'm sure everyone would love to be involved too. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah so there's a couple of exciting games to look forward to and um, hopefully we have a good start to the season. Well. Not at all biased. <laughs> I hope you don't because you're my enemy. <laughs> <laughs> as a Melbourne supporter, <laughs> that's one of and the first rivalries. And a Sydney rival- supporter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's one of the big rivalries, hey. Um, okay, let's talk about the, one of the new teams, North Melbourne Tasmanian Kangaroos, which is a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> they could have called something different, but we'll run with it. Um, so the play, some of the players they've got in from other clubs instead huge. of just saying new players, Katie Ashmore, mm-hmm. huge in. Daria Bannister, as you mentioned, Jenna Bruton, Jess Duffin, Jazzy Garner, Britt Gibson, um, Kate Gillespie-Jones, Jazzy Grierson, Emma Humphreys, who I'm sad we've lost, um, Danielle Hardiman, uh, Moana Hope, Emma Carney, as we said, Alicia and Emma King, Talia Randall, Jamie Stanton. That's a that's a really solid group of players, a lot of all Australians. Mm, lots of quality players in there. And they've just raided everyone. And Pretty much. Oh, North Melbourne. Thank <laughs> you. Um, but they seem to have developed a really balanced list between the outside speed, the grunt in the middle, and the skills at either ends. And I think that is going to set them in good stead. I just wonder, in terms of continuity with each other, they could go one of two ways. They could either go the Adelaide in AFLW one way where even though they couldn't train in the same place, they managed to make the team work. And I think a lot of that came down to Beck Goddard's coaching. Mm -hmm. Or it could go the other way where they're not used to playing with each other because they are based in Tassie and in Melbourne and they're all from all other clubs it could go negatively as well. You just never know how it's going to go. Yeah, look, I mean, it's a risk, obviously. Um, but I think it's a calculated risk. It's yeah. something that they have to do for the growth of the competition and it's great to have so many Tassie players um, in the competition and on the North Melbourne list. Yeah, I mean, they have got a lot of star power. Yeah. Um, you know, they've they got the league best and fairest, you know. <laughs> like, um, they've picked up some really, really quality players. Yeah. Um, I suppose the the real difference between what North Melbourne did as opposed to what Geelong did is North Melbourne's kind of just grabbed a whole bunch of ready-made players, whereas Geelong has sort of focused more on homegrown talent, younger talent, you know, probably with a view to the future. Yeah. And you wonder, um, you know, some of of North Melbourne's players maybe will only play for another couple of years, like they're probably approaching perhaps, you know, the the peak of their career. Yeah. So long-term, is that like a, um, a great strategy? Who knows? Um, yeah, look, I, I mean, it's hard to tell. You know, we were making – I remember making all these predictions before the first AFLW <laughs> season and, like, you're making them off the back of, like, individual performances and, you know, all those kind of things, which is kind of what we're doing with Geelong and North Melbourne now. Yeah. I guess the benefit is that we know a little bit more about some of the players. Um, but it's hard to tell because it is a team sport. You know, you can assemble 20 champions of the game but are they going to gel together and come together as a team? You don't know until you get out there. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, they won their practice match, but they're not always a good judge of what the season's going to look like for a team. Yeah. Um, so it's just it's just really hard to judge. I am really excited about a couple of players on their list, though. Um, Ash Riddell and Sophie... Abatangelo, I've probably said that. Abatangelo, I think, yeah. Completely wrong, but I'm really excited about those two players, um, VFLW players that have got a chance on an AFLW list. Quality players, really talented. 
So, yeah, super excited to see what they can do. And also um, the Haynes twins. I'm so excited about the Haynes twins. Defenders, yeah, really keen to see um, what they can bring to the competition and to the to North as well. I think they're going to be really exciting to watch. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, lots of exciting stuff with North. It'll be really interesting to see how those sort of stars come together and, and whether they can sort of gel and and... Because if they can, <laughs> they're going to be hard to beat. Watch out! Yeah, <laughs> I I've been. Uh, you know how everyone kind of has a player outside of their own team that they just really love, and they've oh, I've always got about loved. fifty. Yeah. Like <laughs> um, mine has always been Jazzy Garner. Yeah, and I notoriously dislike North Melbourne as a club. <laughs> So when she went there, it was so heartbreaking. It's like I love yeah. you, but I just can't anymore. Yeah. But I think that their their forward line is looking like it might be a little bit crowded depending on how they play these players. If they play them purely the way that they were being played at their previous clubs, they do have a really potent forward line, but that doesn't always end up the way that you expect because it does get a bit crowded. Yeah. Um, so I'd be interested to see how they rotate how those forwards. How they structure it, what it's going to look like. Yeah. But they have got Emma King, who best ruck in the league. She's incredible, tapping it down to... Emma Carney. I wouldn't say best ruck in the league, but she's right up there. Oh, I think she's incredible. I think she's the best tap ruck for sure. Um, she just knows. She's Ooh. top three for mine. Yeah. Rhiannon Metcalf was my number two. Erin um, McKinnon from the Giants. Yeah. Who, in the first season, famously the youngest and the tallest player in the league. Yes. What no a longer, but still, for every time I saw her play, that would be the thing that people rolled out. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, look, King is a brilliant. She's a brilliant rack. She's a brilliant player. Yeah. So she's a fantastic pickup for them, absolutely. So. Yeah. Um, she'll be she'll be good kicking it off for, for a lot of those really kind of tough midfielders that they need. Um, as I said, I'm, I'm pretty shattered about Emma Humphreys heading there, but it makes sense. She's a Tasmanian, so to go back to that team. But, yeah, she's a, she's a really strong kind of halfback kind of player. She'll be a good addition, but probably one of the less talked about additions to that team. Yeah, I think um, there's going to be a lot of focus on like Hope and Carney and Ashmore and oh, Katie I Ashmore. think there's going to be a lot of players at North that are going to slide under the radar a little bit, which will probably work in their favour. Yeah, for sure. So they don't play Geelong or Brisbane. It kind of sucks that the two um, new, new teams, teams don't play. Because it would be cool to see, because they've both gone different routes in terms of constructing yeah. their list be cool to see them go head to head. Absolutely. To see what's working better and in the first season at least what what kind of has been more fruitful. Yeah, um, agree. I'm uh, yeah. why is there not more games? <laughs> yeah, no, agree. I'm really disappointed that I don't get to see Geelong play North. Yeah, and with so. the conference system it's really hard. Once teams do make it to the grand final, there are still questions over their eligibility or if they were actually the best team because they didn't play everyone. every like, team. That's the thing. So it's going to be hard. There'll, there will be no doubt judgments made over the construction of both of these lists at the end of the season, who was more successful in it. Unless one completely bombs out and one does really well, it's going to be too hard to be able to, to make, make those call. judgments. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, which kind of sucks. But And they don't play Brisbane either, which Katie Ashmore doesn't have to go and face her old side. No grudge match there. <laughs> And I mean Britt Gibson as well. Let's not forget about Britt. Um, and their first game is against Carlton at the North Hobart Oval, which again, another first game in a strong footy fan area yep. where there'll be great atmosphere at the game and there'll be a good turnout, I expect. So that's a pretty cool way. The first three games of the season 
are all in kind of these little footy kind of nooks of the yeah. of the country. It's very cool that they've done it that way. Yeah. Um, so I, I expect that to be a pretty strong turnout. And, I mean, I kind of expect North to win this one against Carlton. Yeah, well, I guess you just don't know until you take to the field on the day, do you? Exactly. But, um, yeah, no, it's definitely exciting for them to start in Hobart. I think that's a really sort of good nod to where they're at and, and what they're trying to do with their connection with Tasmania and, you know, to have AFLW in Hobart, in Tassie, Hobart, is um is really exciting. It's kind of, like, disappointing that we won't get to see them in Melbourne. I think it's not till around five. Yeah, it's something like that. So, I mean, that's a bit of a bummer that I won't get to see them probably live until then. Yeah. Um, but... The Hobart relationship is really important and got to really try not to be too Victorian-centric. <laughs> Which I think as an interstate supporter in the men's, <laughs> I managed to do. <laughs> but let's move on to my team in the AFLW, the Melbourne Demons, who are the last team in the... Um, nope, that's a lie. They're not the last team because we've still got Freo to go. Um, Poor Freo. So... <laughs> It's so easy to forget about. Oh, I feel bad. Um, So new players. They've got Tyler Hanks as a mid. Ashley Woodland, who I'm so excited they got as a free agent after the draft. As a defender. Shay Sloan as a forward, as a cross-coder. Talia Radan from Adelaide as a defender. Chantelle Emmonson. I always say Edmondson, but that's not it. There's no D in there. No, there's not. Um, As a mid. Maddie Brancatasano. So excited about her as a mid. Um, Shelley Heath is a mid, Jordan Hickey is a forward, and Casey Sheriff is a defender. And obviously Daisy Pierce is inactive due to pregnancy. Yeah, growing two people. Say that. Yeah. (laughs) And especially in the history of AFLM, AFLW, have you been able to say that? Yeah, pretty cool. It's and especially because Daisy, she's like been a pioneer of so much, and then she could be. She's continuing to be a pioneer. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) She's so funny. Melbourne are rubbing their hands together (laughs) because they've got. Um, mother, daughter, mother, son, draft picks right yes. there. Doesn't matter. Yeah. They've got them too. It's going to be so good. <laughs> oh. They'll probably hate football and like play lawn bowls or something. I Maybe. don't think Daisy would let her child. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm really excited about the spine Melbourne has developed, even though they've lost a couple of players who I'm really sad they've lost. Rochelle Cranston, we'll talk Big about loss. that situation in a moment. But um, – Mel Hickey as well, Huge. even though she didn't play part of last season due to that knee injury, she's she's an inspirational leader of that team, so losing really her is pretty strong. Really important lots of experience. Plus Pierce, that's a lot of leadership gone. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Pierce is still around, she's not on the she's field. She's not on the field, it's a, yeah. Losing Erin Hoare as well as a ruck, um, that she was a rookie. She didn't play every game last season, but she still showed a bit. Um, and then I think we always knew that was going to happen, though. I think it was kind of expected, I think, with Erin yeah. Hoare, Anna Teague and, and Rocky Cranston, that they would go back to Geelong. Yeah. I don't think anyone had any kind of doubts about what well, I mean, I certainly didn't have any doubts about it. It makes sense, but it's still sad. It's like the yeah. whole Dan Hannabury to St Kilda thing. You've been told it's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. It's still sad. But it's still sad when, when you see them in the other jersey. So yeah. that, for me, was a little bit upsetting. But they've managed to create this spine that is really impressive and can support a lot of the younger talent coming through debuting. So Meg Downey and Bianca Jacobson in the back line is a really strong kind of two pillars in the back line. Good markers, good runners. Yeah. Um, then obviously Karen Paxman and Elise O'Day in the midfield. Superstars. Exactly. And O'Day being captain or co-captain makes me very, very happy, um, which then allows 
someone like a Tyler Hanks to come in and slot into that vacated spot by Daisy and give them a bit of breathing space because there are these other two super talents there that yeah. are supporting them. Um, yeah, and, and look, she excelled. She played with Vic Country in the in the under-18s yeah. and um, she was fantastic. So I've got high hopes for her, absolutely. Yeah, I'm expecting a round one debut from her mm. and I don't like to throw those out there but I think she might be on track for that um, from everything I've seen. And then Maddie Brancatizano, another one who could come in and have that influence and then up forward, we've got Tegan Cunningham, who kind of took the competition by storm last year. Yeah, absolutely. If she can build on her form from last year. Incredible. And then Kate Hoare, um, who was a rookie. Right. And she's just, Hoare. she's like a little, she, she can be quite aggressive and, and um, but in terms of tackling and pressure and all that sort of stuff. And then she's got the skills to finish it off. And then you've got a player like Alicia Newman, who can, kick that incredible Run goal. Run from one end of the ground to the other yeah. and kick a goal. Which, funnily enough, the defender chasing her that whole time was Talia Radan, who's now no, on her team. Um, I think Talia's a really good pickup. Yes. She's an older player. I think she's approaching 30, so she brings a lot of experience. Yeah. And I think she'll bring a lot of on-field leadership. Yeah. You know, she played in a premiership. She's played with you know, a really um, quality team in Adelaide. So I think she's a really, really good pickup for Melbourne and yeah. will kind of perhaps... Um, help with the loss of you know Mel Hickey and you know Daisy not being not being on there, but I really expect Karen Paxman to really step up this year. I think she's going to really step into um, and be a really important uh, player in the midfield, yeah. leadership wise as well as just she's a gun. I'm a big oh. fan of Karen Paxman. Also, she's just a lovely human being. <laughs> just um, watching her get those clearances, I've watched obviously highlights a lot in this very long off season, <laughs> but um. Her ability to get a if you if you watch any highlights, watch the highlights of the Carlton game from last year where Elise O'Day, O'Day kicked her four goals, but a lot of them came from Karen Paxman running Doing the work in the and getting really quick clearances off her speed through the pack. Yeah, and that's what she brings to the team as well as all the other things. That is the thing that gets them those clearances and those really quick inside fifties, which means that a player like Tegan Cunningham has a one-on-one option instead of having three on her and a more difficult contested mark. So those are the things that she brings that elevate her game over a lot, what a lot of other players can do. Um, And then there are obviously a whole bunch of other players like Lily Mithin and all those players who in any other team would be spoken about first, but because she's behind players like O'Day, Paxman and Daisy Pierce, obviously, she doesn't get talked about as much, but she has almost as much of an influence on the game. I think you could say that for a lot of Melbourne players. I think a lot of the Melbourne team really flies under the radar, and I think it is the Daisy Daisy effect and probably the Mel Hickey effect for the last couple of years, which yeah. is not so much a thing now or not a thing now. <laughs> um, so I think with Melbourne, a lot of those players really do kind of fly under the radar and can just go out there and, and do what they need to do. Um yeah, so it's going to be really exciting. I think I think there's an opportunity for a lot of um, young players to step up, but also I think we're going to see some, hopefully, see some pretty great seasons from the likes of Paxman and O'Day and Bianca Jacobson. I'm yeah, a big fan I of her. her. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be really hard for Melbourne to to deal with the the sort of loss of players because they have lost some really quality yeah. players. It can't be undermined the significance of what they did lose. And I think I did a. I did an age and, and uh, experience kind of thing with inactive players and how much they've lost over the course of trade-outs or inactivity um, and Melbourne lost the most experience. 
So that in itself is pretty significant. But I think that because experience in this game is like 15 games, um, it can be undermined a little bit too. But then think about the fact that O'Day is only, I think, 24. I may be wrong. She's young. She's a really strong leader. And she's in the top two players on that list now. And, I mean, Shelley Scott too, oh. I think, is a quality player for Melbourne that, that sort of doesn't get... I think, much focus. Yeah, co-captain now, though. Absolutely, which might sort of shine a bit more of a spotlight on her. But So I, I do think Melbourne still have a fair bit of depth, despite the fact that they've lost some really significant big-name players. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how they go this year because they've got so close the last couple oh. of years. And the reality is if we had have had sort of a final series in the first two seasons, they very likely could have been in the grand final. Yeah. You know, so um, it's going to be really interesting to see how they go this year and whether they can sort of pull it together and and cover the gaping hole that is Daisy Pierce. I think uh, the 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 place the air of the ground that I'm most worried about that loss, having lost Aaron Hoare and having uh, lost players like Alyssa Mifsud through. Uh, That's an interesting. Yeah, I've been situation. wondering about that because I thought she showed a lot of promise last year. She's incredible. She's got. She knows how to find the goals. I not so much found it weird that she got delisted because she didn't play that many games. I found it strange that no one else picked her up. So there must be something else. I was hoping the else. Bulldogs were going to pick her up, to be honest. Yeah. She played. Um, she was a Spurs player and she played for the um, Spurs Bulldogs VFLW team. So yeah. I was hoping we were going to pick her up because I sort of watched her a little bit last year and thought you could really, really be something. She showed a lot of promise. She did a lot of good stuff. So disappointing. Yeah. So I, I wonder if there's something else at play there, but I. I don't know if Lauren Pierce and I would be I would love to be proved wrong, but I don't know if Lauren Pierce can be the number one ruck on a team for the whole season. She did incredibly well last year, but she had a lot of support. Aaron Hall was always there waiting in the wings to help her out and all that sort of stuff. But this year it will be Lauren Pierce and then I guess Tegan Cunningham pinch hitting. Um so that would be the one area of the ground that I'm a little bit concerned about. Yeah. But, I think but look, they're not the only team that has that issue. So Yeah. I mean, we just talked about your team and Adelaide. And Adelaide. All having so, the um, you know, Melbourne aren't alone in that. Yeah. So um, hopefully they will be able to sort something out. Yeah. Well, they're going to have to. <laughs> yeah. um, Cunningham obviously does bring a, a little bit of relief. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. I, I'm a big fan of... Um, of Melbourne's list, hence why I go for them. Or it's the <laughs> other way around, maybe. Um but they don't end up playing Geelong, which I'm pretty upset no about. No Mel Hickey grudge match. I know. Mel Hickey or <laughs> Rochelle Cranston grudge match. Um, or Carlton we don't play. So yeah. um, I don't know. I, I wonder how they worked out. The I think those. they just threw like darts at a board. <laughs> on them. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I think they separated Brisbane and the Bulldogs and they separated North and Geelong. I honestly, who knows? Yeah. Who knows how they figured it out? I'm, I mean, just looking at the conference list now, I wonder if they kind of like match teams up. You know, they they sort of got okay, Bulldogs and and Brisbane, the grand finalists, so one in each conference. North yeah, they've Geelong, gone one, one in each two, conference. One, two. Yeah, maybe they kind of matched up Giants and Melbourne, or you know, Giants and Adelaide, maybe, and um, you know, Collingwood and um, Carlton and Frio, and just kind of split them. Mm. I honestly have no idea. Who knows? <laughs> Um, and Melbourne's first game is against Fremantle at Casey Fields tomorrow afternoon, which will be a fun one to go to. I can't wait. Um, I, I'm i a little bit worried. 
I, I have a lot of faith in Melbourne's list. I have a lot of faith in Melbourne's talent. That being said, they've missed the grand final by percentage to use in a row. So just like their men's team, they're going to break your heart eventually. Um, and I worry. I'm optimistic for them with, with Freo. I mean, going off past sort of performance, which is never really an indicator in this competition. The Bulldogs went from seventh to the Premiers, so yeah. who knows? <laughs> but, like, going off um, Fremantle's performance in the last couple of years, um, it's probably an easier start for Melbourne than playing, you know, the Dogs or Brisbane or, you know, North or someone like that. So, um, yeah, hopefully... I mean, I, I don't really care either way who wins, but, like, <laughs> I mean, hopefully for you, Melbourne, get over the line. But it just feels like it might perhaps be an easier start for them. Yeah, for sure, um, especially being a home game. But let's talk about now the last team in the Conference A, which is Fremantle. Um, so they've brought in Katie Jane Grieve, who was delisted at Carlton. Um, as a mid, Jasmine Stewart, a mid, Sabrina Duffy, a defender, Philippa Seth is a defender, Courtney Stubbs, a forward, Paris Laurie, who's a ruck. Paris is the coolest name, by the way. <laughs> um, Laura Pugh, I think you say her name, as a defender, Brianna Moyes is a forward, and Angelique Stanett as a mid. And they've got Brianna Green as an inactive player, because I believe she did her ACL, ACL, which sucks. I know what it's like come back from that, and it's not fun. Um... They've really been hurt by injuries in the first two seasons. I think it was important about Theo, uh, Theo, Frio. Um, <laughs> I was like, who is Theo? Theo's actually my accountant, but <laughs> Frio. Um, and something I haven't heard a lot of people talk about is um, first season AFLW, um, WA had a lot of really, really strong talent. You're talking Sabrina Frederick-Traub, Emma King, Chelsea Randall, Kelly Gibson. Yes, Kelly Gibson came back, but she still left. Um, they lost a lot of they they really bled a lot of WA yeah. talent to um, interstate teams, and I think that really you know people had a lot of high hopes for, for Fremantle. I think based on all this interstate talent that land that then left, yeah, and I think they're still trying to pick up the pieces of that situation. Um, what's exciting about them this year? I think two things. Kiara Bowers looks like she's going to play. Yes, I'm so excited. I'm so excited about this. I actually have never seen her play, but so many people that I've spoken to have raved about how incredible she is, how amazing she is, what a brilliant player she is. So I'm super excited. I know she played in the practice match. Yeah, she played well. So I'm super excited to see her on the field this year. Cannot wait. Um, but I'm also really looking forward to um, all the WAWFL that the talent that Fremantle have picked up, you know, the likes of Sabrina Duffy, who was an under-18 All-Australian defender. Yeah. Um, Matilda Sargent, who was the best ball winner for WA in the under-18 champs. Um, and there's also people like Ebony Dowson, Katie Jane Grieve, who played for Carl on Carlton's List last year but is actually from WA, Paris, um, Philippa, Courtney Stubbs, you know, these are – these are players that, that they've drafted out of the state league in WA. Yeah. Which is really exciting to see, you know, that talent sort of coming through, which is what we want. Like yeah. that's the future. That's what has to happen. So I'm really excited about a lot of those young players and also Kiara Bowers. <laughs> I've literally got written in caps, cannot wait to see Bowers play. So <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. Um, that that issue of losing homegrown talent plus the injuries that they cop. Mm. So Bowers is obviously an example Been of that. Been for two years. Kirby Bentley was an example last Absolutely. year that they lost. Kelly Gibson. Kelly struggled Gibson. Struggled with her hip last year. I raved about her in all – because I obviously used to have the podcast. 
you raved about her in the preseason chat about uh, Frio and how much she'd bring to that team. And she had hip hop, hip problems all year. I think she ended up playing one or two games and just never quite reached her peak last year. Yeah. She looks like she's coming back really strongly. So I think if they can get that kind of continuity in that core group of like Danellen, Bowers, Gibson, Ebony Antonio, Evangeline Gooch and Dana Hooker, who was incredible last year, yeah. they could be a real threat because that is kind of a co- really strong core of a team across the ground yeah. that can, as I said about Melbourne, support the younger talent in every part of the ground. And it's looking like if they can make that work, they could be kind of the big improvers of the year. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for... for I was going to say Theo again. <laughs> I don't know why I'm thinking about my accountant so much. Theo. Frio um, is where, you know, where they're getting their goals from. Yeah. Like that I think is the biggest sort of challenge for for them this year. So um, I know Emily... I'm pretty sure Emily Maguire kicked um, kicked a few for them last year. Yeah. So it's... Yeah, I think that's, that's going to be the sort of question is... Where is that coming from? And I think if they can get that sorted, mm-hmm. you know, get those core plays that you were talking about, you know, into action, not that they haven't been into action, but get that sort of, you know... As a group. ...sync together happening. Yeah. Um, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? That's the catchphrase of AFLW3 because... Who knows? Exactly. <laughs> there's been so much player movement and change in the comp that it's so hard to predict stuff because you just don't know what impact these things are going to have on the game. But also it's, it's game. such a short season, so you really have to be on on the go from from day dot. Mm. You know, you don't get a chance in this competition to um, work your way up to, to form, you know. Yeah, no Richmond win the last nine games of the season. You can't do it. You have to be, you know, on the ball from the get-go and winning games from the start of the season. Otherwise, your chances of making the finals are really slim, which is really disappointing because we know, like, in footy, in footy world, the more games you play, the better you get as a team. Like your structure comes together, like you can sort of make it work, you know. So, like you don't, you just don't get that option in AFLW. You have to be on the ball from the get go. Yeah, which puts a lot of teams under pressure. I mean, look at Collingwood the last couple of years; they haven't been able to sort of bring it together until the sort of back half of the season. But by then, it's too late. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's disappointing. Like, I mean, I bring up Melbourne, being a Melbourne fan, but. They're the perfect example of it. They're strong, they're strong, they're strong, and then that tiny little hiccup percentage changes everything. Yeah. And the hiccup is one game in a season. The hiccup isn't, oh, we dropped four or five. It's one, one game. game in a season and you miss the grand final. I think that will change a little bit this year with the with actually having a final series, yeah. um, albeit a compact one. But it's that so that will change a little bit in that you have a little bit more opportunity. So hopefully it kind of opens things up a little bit more for teams like, you know, Melbourne, Collingwood and hopefully Frio. Yeah. You know, I, I really want them to have a good season. I want them to string some wins together and, you know, get a bit of sort of belief yeah. um, going and, and have, you know, hopefully they have a good season. Yeah. So they don't play Carlton or GWS. Again, I think not playing Giants is going to work in their favour. Yes. We haven't spoken about them yet, but I think that's really going to work in their favour. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, first up, Melbourne, away game. Um, they do a little bit of travel, which unfortunately is just the way it is. The nature of WA. Yeah, they're, they're on the other side of the country. Um, move closer, Fremantle. <laughs> but um, 
you know, they get they get a couple of home games. They play in Darwin, which is kind of like a shorter flight. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool that they play up there, though. I, I think it's pretty awesome that we get games up there. Yeah, absolutely. Like you were saying, like, let's get the game, let's get the game out of, you know, the sort of traditional Melbourne, you know, Adelaide, Perth. Like, let's move Which I think Casey away. Fields can be classed as because it's so it's far away. a little bit extreme. <laughs> I've been there once. It's so far away. <laughs> yeah, Frio Free, finished finish with a home game against North, which, you know, is going to be interesting because if Frio can sort of pull things together and really sort of get their get their game plan happening, yeah. you know, and then they come up, come up against a team full of stars, we don't know how North is going to go. That could be like a really interesting game that could determine finals. Yeah, totally. So looking yeah. forward to it already. <laughs> All right, that's Conference A. We'll come back in a moment for Conference B. Hey, this is Beck Goring from the Geelong Footy Club, and this is Play On Radio. Time to talk about Conference B. We're halfway through the team. So let's kick off Conference B with the new team off the block, the Geelong Cats. Uh, they have, as we mentioned, gone a slightly different route to North Melbourne in the way they've developed their list. They've got a couple of good senior players from other clubs, but they've largely populated their team with either players from their VFLW team, the draft, or players that were maybe delisted from other clubs and have a, have had a year out playing VFLW, honing their skills to come back in. So the notable names that they've got in from other clubs, obviously Mel Hickey, Rochelle Cranston, and Aaron Hoare bloody decimated my team. <laughs> um, Maddie Boyd they've got in as well from GWS. That was always going to happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Phoebe McWilliams, another one from GWS. Yeah. Um, Asta O'Connor, which you mentioned, and Anna Teague as well from Melbourne. Um, but they've got some of the most exciting young talent. Number one draft pick. Oh, number two as well. Nina Morrison and Sophie Vanderhoevel. They are going to be so exciting to watch play. They they just look like really level-headed, concentrated and skilled players, mm. which is going to be so, so awesome to watch. Well, these are players that have had access to things like TAC Cup and, you know, we're sort of now starting to see these crop of players come through that haven't had to give footy up. Yeah. Which is super exciting, but it also means they, they sort of start a couple of steps in front. Mm-hmm. Because they might be starting AFLW having played 150 junior games. So they're all, they've are they already got that experience to sort of start with. So yeah. it's going to be really exciting to see. I mean, there's a lot of young players throughout the comp, but it's going to be really exciting to see what they do, what, they, what they're going to bring to the competition and to their teams. But yeah. DeLong's exciting to look at. I think they've – I kind of feel like they've done this kind of quite cleverly. Yeah. And I was having this conversation with my coach the other day actually <laughs> – um, you know, there there is quite a few of their, t- quite a lot of their team that have played and trained together at VFLW level for at least a year, if not two. And footy is a team sport. You've got to have that kind of connection. You know, you've got to be able to bring that together as a team. You know, we've seen that with the Bulldogs Premiership and the Richmond Premiership in the AFLM competition. Yeah. And the, and the Bulldogs Premiership last year in the AFLW. So I think that's a really interesting thing about Geelong is that they have all that and like you said they've sort of brought in these really experienced players like Mel Hickey, Astro O'Connor, Phoebe McWilliams who are gun players yeah still got a lot of legs in them I mean Phoebe's quite young I think um sort of complement that core group of players that have spent a lot of time together Mm. so I think they're going to be really interesting really interesting to see what they do yeah when the conferences were announced that I saw a lot of men on Twitter (laughs) (laughs) 
talking about how uneven the conferences were because North Melbourne were going to be so much better than Geelong and it was so... I don't think you can make rep- that call. No, I don't think you, you can. you just don't know. And I think the people that were making those outlandish statements were looking at it purely statistically and not considering the other aspects of this. The fact that they've got people like Mia Ray Clifford who did play a season at Melbourne and then spent a year in the VFLW honing her skills to come back in and have an impact. And people like that are going to be... They may be the edge players of this team, but they're the reason a team wins or loses. Is but she also brings an incredible amount of experience and leadership, Mia Yeah. Ray. You know, she's got a, a an incredibly long career playing football, so she brings that to Geelong as well. And I think if you look at the players that they've recruited, people like Mel Hickey, Mia, I think she's pretty sure she played in their VFLW last year. I believe yes, so, she yeah. she did, yeah. Um, uh, Asta, you know, these, these players bring a lot of on-field leadership as well. Yeah. So when you've got, like, these quite kind of... Um, you know, a lot of young players or a lot of players who have only kind of had VFLW experience, if you've got that leadership around you, that sort of makes you walk a little bit taller on the ground as well. Yeah. So it's a really interesting kind of way that Geelong have gone about it and I'm really looking forward to seeing how they pull it all together. And also I have a bit of a connection with Geelong (laughs) because Megan Fogos... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today was drafted this year. Um, she played for Redan and Redan was her community club last year and that's my footy club, so yeah. my footy team. So um, that's going to be really exciting. I know a bunch of my teammates are going down to Geelong to watch. Um, hopefully she gets picked um, and hopefully she gets to run out. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be – it's just going to be really exciting, I think, because this is the first Geelong team. Yeah. They're playing in Geelong. Yeah, it's Can you special. imagine what the category is going to be like? I think it's going to be packed. I can't wait to go. I'm getting really excited to go down. <laughs> um, another part uh, which you, you touched on, which is the leadership, the fact that they've got Beck Goring as their vice captain, I think is quite significant as well. She led the VFLW team to the grand final last Absolutely. year and was really led from the front. So mm-hmm. for her to be Mel Hickey's support in terms of captaincy, that says a lot. And don't underestimate how much Beck leads leads that team as well. Absolutely, agree. Um, and she's a she's kind of a Chelsea Randall type player as a defender that stands Flies strong, is very radar. courageous. Yeah. So there are all these players from their VFLW team that are, are going to have that impact, but people just don't know who they are, so they ignore the fact that they're going to be important. Yeah, another player that I wanted to give a mention to was um, Meg McDonald. Yes. She played for the Bulldogs in uh, the first AFLW season and then we delisted her stupidly. That was a bad <laughs> decision. Um, I was a big fan of hers and I think when she got um, a bit of an opportunity towards the end of the year with Katie Brennan being injured, I think she really stepped up and yep. she showed like an incredible amount of promise. She has played a lot of footy with Darabin. She's She comes from Darabin. Like that team knows how to win. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I think she's um, an incredibly talented footy player. And I'm really stoked that she's back on an AFLW list and I'm really excited to see how she does this year. Yeah, it's they're going to be 
a hard team to predict. You wonder about their consistency through the year, but I don't wonder about their ability to uh, get some continuity amongst their team um, and put some good footy on, on the park. The only thing I questioned is, and I question this about North Melbourne too, is consistency th- across across the eight weeks of the season, not just being able to play together. And, I mean, you could say that about any team. Um, yeah, that would be the only thing because we did see in the VFLW Grand Final a lot of those players kind of very Sydney Grand Final style switch off and rely too heavily on a couple of senior players. If they can fight through that, yeah, I don't question their ability to go really far this season. Yeah, no, I'm excited for Geelong. I think they're going to do going to do some good stuff. And you know, starting the season with a home game at their home ground, yeah. you know, in their home city, you know, with all their supporters, that ground is going to be full of Geelong supporters. I hope it breaks the record that Optus Stadium set last year. I hope it does too. I I think it might. I wouldn't well, be surprised I mean, if it did. Geelong's quite a, you know, they're a very, very proud footy team and they really sort of get behind their team. Yeah. So I'm hoping that that transfers to the AFLW. I remember going to uh, a friend of mine, Krista Woodruff, played for Geelong in the VFLW. And I remember going to watch a game, um, not last year, the year before I was playing last year, so it made it hard to see her. But <laughs> um, And I remember then there was, a, there was like half a dozen Cats cheer squad members going to the VFLW game. That's awesome. Which was really, really cool. So I feel like um, Geelong has done a really wonderful job in the last couple of years with their um, entrance to the VFLW of really engaging their supporters. Yeah. And, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if we broke all records and it was a packed stadium down there. Absolutely not. It'd be nice to break the record three years in a row, wouldn't it, for attendance? It certainly would. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we touched on this earlier when talking about them, but Melbourne and North Melbourne are the teams that Geelong don't meet. Um, and their first game being the season opener against Geelong down down in Geelong, which is very exciting. Mm. So um, shaving up to be quite a, kind of a historic season for Geelong. Yeah, absolutely. Time to talk about Geelong's opponent for their first round, uh, Collingwood, who finished the season pretty strongly last year, but the start of their season kind of let them down a little bit. So their new players, Nicole Hildebrand, a defender who they got in from Brisbane. Brisbane. Um, Jordan Allen, a defender, Katie Lynch, a forward, Michaela Can, a midfielder, Lauren Butler, a defender, Maddie Shevlin, who Melbourne delisted, I believe, as a mid. I'm very glad she's got another crack. Uh, Sophie Alexander, a forward, Georgia Goulet, Goulet, a defender, Jordan Membry, a forward, who um, was delisted by Brisbane and spent a year out and is back now. Um, Erica Fowler, a forward. Shani Layton, who's a key position player, really. We don't know where exactly yeah. she's going to play just yet, but she's, she's looking exciting. Uh, obviously, a cross-coder. And Sarah Rowe, who is their Irish, Irish woman, um, a midfielder as well, who seems to be um, a good endurance athlete in terms of running and stuff. So that's pretty exciting for them. And obviously, they've got Chloe Malloy, who's inactive, and they've also lost um, players like Meg Hutchins, um, Caitlin Edwards, did they lose through retirement Yeah, as she well? retired, yeah. And there was what, a third player. Bree White. That's right. They lost three Who I believe he's now um, working as an assistant coach or something around that way for the Bulldogs. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Uh, it's it's nice to start seeing... That happening. Yes. Um, those kind of pathways that men have always enjoyed. It's nice to see it starting to happen for women too, Absolutely. which is cool. Um, I think Collingwood are one of the most hurt by expansion. 
Them and Brisbane. Yeah, they they lost, you know, I mean, they lost Mo Hope, they lost Jess Duffin, they lost Jasmine Garner, they lost Emma King. I mean, there's some pretty big losses. Yeah. Um, they also lost Amelia Barden to Carlton and Christina Benani to the Giants. Christina Benani was their leading goal kicker last year. That one hurts. So take her, take Jazzy Garner, take Mo Hope. You know, there's some there's some sort of pretty important forward players. Plus Chloe Malloy, who won't be playing for this season. That, and that is a huge loss for Collingwood because we know she was something else last year. Yeah, incredible player. I mean, I loved watching her play. She's just – she's amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, and it probably would have been an opportunity maybe to throw her in the forward line because she did play quite a lot of EFLW before Collingwood in the forward line. So that maybe would have been an option for her, but obviously injury has ruled her out. But – yeah, Collingwood's team looks very, very different. Yeah, and I wonder if it's going to take them a year to sort themselves out. Um, with so much... I, and again, it's really hard to make predictions because you just don't know what's going to happen. But I do have a little bit of concern about their ability to string together a season with so much change. Yeah, because we know that they had that problem in the last two seasons, even mm. without that much change. So you to have that much shift in your team, um, whether they can sort of combat that. I think Meg Hutchins is a massive loss. Yeah. She, Absolutely huge. She just directed them from the back line and they relied on her ability to... Rebound that footy out and kick it 60 metres down the ground. Exactly. And yeah. then just her on-field leadership and off-field leadership massive. as well. Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sad that she's... Not playing as and, well. You know, I she played in a premiership, VFLW premiership last year too with Hawthorne. Yeah. Like, and she was great in that game, you know, had a great season with Hawthorne. So, you know, I um, I mean, I find it quite staggering that someone like Meg is not on a list because yeah. she brings so much experience. She's such a quality player. She can play back. She can play forward. Um, so She has skill, which is apparently the big issue for everyone with the AFLW is that they have no skill. She She's got a footy. so much. So I think that's a massive loss for Collingwood, um, not just her talent as a footballer, but the leadership and experience that she brings yeah. to the team. But, you know, I was at that um, practice match with the Bulldogs and, and uh, Collingwood and there was some interest. You know, I think Sarah Rowe, yeah. their Irish recruit, I think she did really, really well. So she is a rookie, so whether she's going to get a chance to get onto the list, we don't know. But if she does, I think she'll make the most of it because yeah. she looks really exciting. Um Christy Stratton, who was on their list last year, um, she really stood out for me in yeah. the practice match as well. I, she, she jumped out at me being, like, really fast, like, not afraid to just lay a tackle and a really fierce tackler and just um, really great. So, and I think she's quite young, so it's going to be really exciting. Awesome. Steph Kiyochi stood up again in the in the practice match, as she always does. I actually said on the night, I said to a friend of mine, Colin would need, like, five Steph Kiyochis. Um <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's going to be really interesting. I think Eli, um, Eliza Hines looks like likely to be Emma King's replacement. Yeah. So we'll see how that plays out. We, who knows? That's our catchphrase for the season. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's. I mean, I'm hopeful for for Collingwood, but you just don't know. Yeah, I I'm hoping that all of this movement opens up a door for some of the players that have been maybe discarded by other teams gives them a chance to really show what they're made of. And the first person that jumps to mind for me is Jordan Membry. I think she has a lot yeah. to offer and just wasn't able to bring it. She, I think she battled some injury and then some list squeeze up at Brisbane. Down here this season is her time to shine because they do have all this 
all this movement happening, if she can step up and really be a presence up forward for them, it could be the change for her and really kind of kickstart a second part of her career. Absolutely. Which would be really exciting. And I love watching her play, so it would be awesome if she could do that. Um, and they do, you know, they, Collingwood have some really quality players. Brittany Benici, we know that she is incredible. fantastic. Um, Steph Kiyotu has spoken about her. Sarah Darcy. Sarah Darcy, Emma Grant, um, Jamie Lambert. I'm a massive fan of Jamie Lambert, even yeah. though she left us. That's fine, Jamie, I've forgiven <laughs> you. Um, Stacey Livingston, I think, was really great in the practice match. She's a little yeah. bit older, but she still, you know, I think is a solid footy player. Cecilia McIntosh, hello. Oh, I love her Superstar. so much. So, you know, I, I still think that they have... Um, a fair, uh, solid group of players there that are quality players. Yeah. I think for Collingwood, it's about A, covering the losses from those players that have left and B, about being able to sort of bring bring that team together, bring that structure together and that game plan together and make it work from the first round, yeah. not the fourth round. Yeah. yeah, because we saw last season they started – really shakily and then towards the back half of the season they were unstoppable they did it in the first season as well that's kind of like been their thing the last couple of years and they really need to break that if they're gonna you know make any sort of impact on the finals yeah so they don't play your doggies or adelaide so um we'll see how that works for them but obviously they kick off the season with geelong down down in geelong so i think if they can put on a a show against geelong against a team that is probably expected to be a little bit better than maybe the Carlton of the past two years, and that first game isn't a fizzer like it has been, that could kind of be a signal as well, not only for Collingwood but for the competition yeah, across absolutely. the board. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be a really interesting game in that yeah. respect. You know, can Collingwood sort of stand up and start their season with a crack from round one? Mm. And what's what's Geelong going to do? Yeah. You know, what are they going to look like for the season? I think that game is going to be really quite telling it's going to be very – I think I'm going to be quite anxious even though I go for neither <laughs> team. I think I'm just going to – just because once the ball's bounced, it means we're back. Yeah. And it's just so exciting. I'm very yes. excited. Countdown, countdown. <laughs> um, let's move on to their traditional rivals, which hasn't really transferred to the AFLW as much as they want it to because it's a story for them. Carlton. <laughs> Yep. Um, so they've brought in uh, Amelia Mullane, who is Amelia Barden. I assume she got married and took I her. believe she did, yes. <laughs> I assume that's what it is. Um, from Collingwood. Uh, she's a mid. Maddie Presparkis, who... Super excited. Oh, my God. I'm out of my mind wanting to watch her play. Um, another mid. Abby McKay, the first ever father-daughter. Yeah. Um, as a forward. Jade Van Dyke. Uh, as a defender who's a really... She won the Hawthorne Best and Ferris in the VFLW last year. Yeah. Did she win Best on Ground in the Grand Final as well? I can't remember. I was there, but I can't remember. Yeah, I was there as well. I was just sad for Geelong. <laughs> <laughs> um, Charlotte Wilson, a defender. Emerson Woods, a forward. Rhiannon Watt, who is a ruck. Jess Edwards, a midfielder. Kirby Bentley, who I want to talk about, um, a defender. And Great name. Yeah, and Chloe Dalton, <laughs> a defender as well. Um There's so much to unpack with Carlton. I want to say something first up. (laughs) I think the loss of Catherine Gillespie-Jones and Danielle Hardman is huge for Carlton. Yep. Both quality defenders. Um, I think they've, you know, been solid players for Carlton. So I think um, that's a real loss for Carlton. So how do you cover that, especially when they're supposed to be shifting Davey up forward? What does that mean for their defence? Who's going to sort of shoulder the load down there if Bree Davey's not down there doing... 
what I have loved watching her do for the last two seasons is rebound that ball out of defense again and again and again. Yeah. So what's that going to happen? What's that going to look like for them? So Kirby Bentley, (laughs) (laughs) I love Kirby Bentley so much. And I was so shattered to see her do her ACL in that, um, was it a state of origin game that they played at the end of, um, AFLW one. She was really important to Frio's side. She was really important, really important to, the, I think the ally side she was playing for when she did her knee in that state of origin game. she She's such a strong presence. She's such a skilled player. She runs a similar to what Catherine Smith does, who we didn't mention with Melbourne, but she's another one of those players that kind of goes under the radar. Under the radar yeah. Runs a, an academy for girls. And I think Kirby Bentley's is specifically for Indigenous girls over in WA. And there's also the Kirby Bentley Cup. Yes, she has a competition named after her. Yeah, how good is that? She's I, a superstar. I adore her so much. I feel like sh- her coming in Huge. is what allows them to move Davy forward. And Bree Davy being forward, not just based on this practice match that where she kicked four goals, which is awesome, but I think Davy forward allows Harris to move up the field a little bit. Harris has the skills to get it cleaner inside 50. Yeah, she and could then, play more at a half-forward role, so exactly. pushing up into the midfield and be taking those marks and then directing it to Vessio Correct. and Davey. And the the thing with Carlton last year, obviously they had a lot of issues across the board and a lot of con- controversial issues between the coach and Arnell and all of that. On. But I think that their biggest issue was their inability to get it inside forward 50 cleanly. Mm-hmm. And these couple of little moves combined with the skill of Matty Presparkis and Jade Van Dyke being a defensive pillar and has proven that she can do it at VFLW level, those few changes make Carlton seem like a, a much more stable team than before. It feels a little bit like a different team this year. Yeah. And there hasn't been a huge amount of change. Obviously, Lauren Arnell, I think, is a loss in terms of experience and leadership. She only played two games last year. But obviously some issues going on there. Yeah. So perhaps it's better for all concerned that she has moved on to Brisbane. Yeah. But, that you know, that's a loss. You know, they, they have lost some, some quality players. Sophie Lee has gone back to Adelaide. But, you know, like you say, that shifting that sort of you know move if they can if they can cover the the defense gap that um Hardiman and Gillespie Jones leave um if they you know if they do shift Bree down forward you are creating a bit of a headache for defenders because who goes to who yeah you know generally you sort of like go okay your best defender goes on your best forward okay Bree Davy Darcy Vessio you tell me who's the best <laughs> forward you know that becomes a really difficult sort of match-up situation. And then you throw Taylor Harris in there, who we know takes a really great mark mm-hmm. and, you know, can kick goals. So that becomes a real headache for opposition coaches because how do you set your defence up against those players? Yeah. Like, because it's going to be a stacked forward line if that's the situation. Yeah. And it also means that, um, you know, defenders are not going to, you know, what happened to Mo Hope in particularly in the first season was you had, you know, two or three defenders on Mo Hope and they would let the other forwards go mm-hmm. and they would just be wrapping her up, you know, yeah. and she could have no kind of impact. If you've got the likes of um, Darcy Vessio, big fan of Darcy, <laughs> Brie Davey, also a big fan of Brie, Taylor Harris, <laughs> also a big fan of Taylor. If you've got those three quality forwards... Uh, you know, and then you've got some other forwards as well. Obviously, yeah. it's not just the three of them. You can't afford to have two or three plays on Darcy and leave Bree Davy free. You can't yeah. do that. 
No. You can't have two or three players on Harris and leave Darcy free. You've got to match up on all of them. So that you're creating those one-on-one contests yeah. and giving, giving your, you know, Carlton's potentially giving their forward line a lot more opportunity. Which is exactly the kind of setup that particularly Bree Davey and Taylor Harris will want is a one-on-one marking contest. That's exactly ta- what they want. Because they're going to do it. Exactly. And then you have, you know, Darcy Bessier running around as a crumbing sort of forward that just scoops up anything and snaps a goal from anywhere on the ground. Yeah. You know, I mean, that sort of starts to look like a really potent forward line and yeah. becomes a headache. The big thing is getting it in there cleanly and I think these changes will make that happen. And, I mean, even yeah. Amelia Barden Mullane in that side makes that difference as well because she's really strong in the mid. And then, yeah, Maddie Prespakis. It's oh. just about whether their midfield can match it with other midfields because we know that they had problems with that last year as yeah. well. So yeah. it's about whether they can step up. Um, you know, whether their midfield can sort of come together and, and, you know, with the addition of these new players and whatever changes that they're going to make, whether that midfield can step up and match it with the best midfields in the competition. Yeah. So they don't play Fremantle or Melbourne. Um, They've probably got a pretty hard draw, really. It's it's seeming like it, especially with who we're going to talk about next being, well, soon being GWS, but... I feel those other teams who they have... play both North and North and um, Geelong. Yeah, they play the Bulldogs, then the Lions, who played in the Premiership last year. Yeah, they played Adelaide, who was two thousand seventeen Premier. Yeah, so feel like Carlton's got a pretty tough draw, really. I am really optimistic about Carlton, though. Um, I know last year they, as a club, kind of created a record that no one wants. Being both of their women's and men's team got the wooden spoon, and I know that. That's never happened before. Um, but I, th- I think I'm much more optimistic about them coming into this season because of those couple of structural changes. If Davey can come back from that injury and have a consistent season and Bentley being coming off an ACL as well, if those two can kind of be the pillars at each end of the ground, they're going to be uh, uh, not impossible to stop, but a much more threatening team to come up against. You need to be a lot cleverer cleverer about the way you play them. I couldn't say that word. (laughs) Um, But they kick off their season against North Melbourne down at North Hobart Oval. So um, maybe it's a good... uh, It's a good test of their structure, I think. Yeah, just a good bonding experience travelling away for the first time, for for the first game of the season. Um, It could set them up for a pretty strong season. We'll, We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to seeing Carlton's midfield come up against the likes of Emma Carney and Jenna Bruton. You know what? Not not as a nasty thing against yeah. Carlton, just like because I think that's going to be you know you've got you know a couple of the best well the best midfielder playing for North. So it's the litmus test. If you can match it against them, I think that's good signs for Carlton. Yeah, and Maddie Prestfakis. <laughs> I'm so excited to watch her play. Um, let's talk about Brisbane next. So. Um, poor Brisbane. Poor Brisbane. Uh, they got in Lauren Arnell, obviously, from Carlton as a forward. Paige Parker, a defender. Natalie Greider, a mid. Mackenzie Dowrick, a defender. Lauren Bella, a ruck. Tori Groves Little, a midfielder. Jesse, I'm going to say Wardlaw because I think that's how the commentators are doing it. Tawaho, I think, is the other part of her last name. As a ruck. Uh, Jackie Yorston and Jade Ellinger, both mids. They were both... Uh, kind of uh, expansion replacement players. Um, And then Brianna McFarlane, who unfortunately is going to be inactive for the season because of that collarbone injury. Um, And Sophie Sophie Conway as well. Yeah, Sophie Conway is also inactive, which is a huge, huge loss for that team. 
Um, they seem to like like Collingwood. They seem to be 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 have hit. Wow, words seem to have been hit um, as hard as Collingwood in I terms so, of expansion. Yeah. Um, losing Katie Ashmore, Britt Tully are two. Britt Gibson, sorry, are two really big ones, but also a few of those other kind of fringe players that Jamie Stanton. Yeah, she's like their number one rock and all Talia, that sort of stuff. Talia Randall. Um, they're really important losses. Combined with Conway, who showed a lot last year. In she was terms so of, exciting to watch last year. Yeah, in terms of her, just her footy smarts and her speed through the through the contest, not necessarily the outside, goals. exactly. So I watched the Brisbane GWS practice match, which again, how much can you tell from a practice match, all of that? I think this one was more telling than the others. Um Brisbane started strong, got a goal through Wushnar, which is in true Brisbane fashion, <laughs> but they well and truly fell away and GWS just ran over the top of them. Their skills don't seem to be as clean as before. It could have been because they were playing in really hot conditions and all of that, but GWS's skills were just superior to theirs. I worry about their lack of run, how reliant they will be on Kate McCarthy now that Katie Ashmore's not there. They used to play off each other a lot, and now they've lost that second kind of string to their bow. I'm concerned about Brisbane, and I'm thinking that they're going to come back to the pack this year after having made the grand final for the first two years. Yeah, look, never under underestimate Brisbane. Yeah. I think everybody made that mistake in the first season, yeah. and they made it again in the second. So I'm, I never underestimate Brisbane because... Who knows? Um, I think Craig Starchevich is a is a brilliant coach and has yeah. done amazing things with that with that list and with that team. So, obviously, yeah, Ashmore is a huge loss. So is Stanton, Gibson, and Randall. Like that's you know really inf- influential players. Sophie Conway was a gun for them last year. Super exciting player, but she's young. She's coming back. I think what's really um, interesting about Brisbane is Sam Virgo's back. Yes, yes. I think I'm going to get a T-shirt made or something. I'm a massive – I love defenders. I clearly love defenders. Like, that's where I'm at. Oh, I just love defenders. But, you know, Kate Luckins should have got best on grain in the grand final last she year. She should have, And I'm yeah. a Bulldog supporter and I will say that. She had a sensational year. She won their best and fairest. Who? What, when did defenders win best and fairest? <laughs> you know, she had an incredible, incredible year. And with Sam Virgo back, you know, I mean, and Leah Kasler, whew, yeah. that back line looks scary and as – And Emma Zilke. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think Caitlin Ashmore and you know is a big loss to them. But I don't think that – I think they can cover it. Yeah. I think they can really cover it. Lauren Bella um, was standout ruck in the under-18 competition. Great um, sort of stand-in for Talia Randall. Mackenzie Darrick was the best defender in the under-18 competition. I'm yeah. not sure whether that was in Queensland or in the country. So she's, obvious, she's a great addition to that to that uh, back line as well. Tori Groves-Little was the joint um, QWAFL's best and fairest in her first season of senior footy. Wow. I cannot wait to see <laughs> that woman take to the field because yeah. that is really exciting. So I think they've done – what's kind of interesting about Brisbane, I feel like they've recruited a lot of local talent, which speaks a lot to the to what's happening in Queensland in women's footy. Yeah, I don't it's think huge. people are talking about it. It's massive up there and it's going in leaps and bounds. And Brisbane making two consecutive grand finals is only going to help that. Yeah. So I think um, Gold Coast coming on board in 2020, they're not going to have any drama because there's going to be so much talent floating around that state. And Brisbane's being really smart by drafting local players because they're not going anywhere. Yeah. Which I think is still a conversation that we're having in AFLW. 
because of the one-year contract. They can't, you know, it's incredibly difficult for them to go interstate because they're not getting paid enough money. Yeah. But there still is that notion of wanting to go home. You know, Daria Bannister went to North Melbourne because she could go back to Tasmania because mm-hmm. that's where she's from. Yeah, Emma Humphreys again. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm I'm not going to... I'm not going to disregard Brisbane. I think they could have a really, really great season. Um, I mean, we haven't even mentioned Sabrina Frederick-Traub, who is an absolute superstar. Yeah, she's such a great advocate for the game. She's just in, and, and she's just a quality player. So, you know, and the like, they've still got the likes of Nat Exxon on their list, Emily Bates, um, you know, um, Emma Zilke. Yeah. Um, and they do still have Jess Wushner. So good. I'm in the Jess Wushner fan club. Um, you know, so they still have a lot of, like, really quality players. So, you know, dis- disregard them at your peril, I think. Yeah. I don't think they're going to fall away completely. I don't think they're going to end up on any the bottom of any ladders. Might be a bit hard for, harder for them to get to the grand final this yeah, year. Yeah, I think they're going to be coming back to the pack. Um, just based on what I saw in the... In the practice match, they weren't able to cover those losses as well as maybe other clubs have shown so far that they could do. Yeah. Um, yeah. They they don't play North Melbourne or Adelaide. Um, again, they don't get that no, Katie no Ashmore. Replay of, no Katie Ashmore grudge match and no replay of the 27 grand final. Yeah. I think the, the lack of a Brisbane-Adelaide game is, is really bad because, it's again... It's a real loss for the season, I it's think. It's the first true... Rivalry other than Western Bulldogs that's, Melbourne. That's standalone to AFLW. Exactly. So that's pretty yeah. disappointing. Their first game is kind of a replay of their practice matches, which is against GWS. It's going to be really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> At the it is a, it's Bay a home Central. game, though. Yeah, so Morton Bay Central Sports Complex. Which so, is a horrible ground. I mean, Casey Field is also a horrible ground, can I just say? <laughs> Many of the grounds are not great. It's so windy. <laughs> um, I'm interested to see the difference between Brisbane practice match Brisbane and Season round Brisbane. one Brisbane. Because we know, like, how many players don't play in practice matches? Like, you know, I went to the Bulldogs Collingwood one. Ali Blackburn and Katie Brennan, I think, played one or two quarters and then they just, like, got changed. Yeah. You know, um, Nikki Callan wasn't on the ground. Izzy Huntington wasn't on the ground. Naomi Ferris wasn't on the ground. Um you know, there was a couple of other players as well that just didn't take to the field. Yeah. And I think that's that happens at every practice match because they're not quite ready to be playing yet, you know, for whatever reason. They might have a niggling injury and they're not going to risk them in a practice match. Yeah. And I also think with practice matches, people get played in different positions. They're testing things out. They're seeing, you know, what, what we could possibly do in the season. So I'm never quite sure they're an accurate reflection of the team. Yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll find we'll out. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Uh, well, let's talk about the last team, uh, who I'm very excited to be talking about, GWS Giants. Um, yeah. So they're new players in um, Alice or Elise Parker, uh, who's a midfielder, Brittany Perry, who's a mid, Lisa Whiteley, a defender, Ingrid Nielsen, a ruck, Delma Gisu is a forward, Ebony O'Day, who's now famous for... Doing a Rubik's, Rubik's cube, cube on a unicycle. I actually wrote that down in my notes. <laughs> in under a, reason, a minute. As a reason for her to be a significant change to the team. <laughs> um, she's a mid. Taylor Davies, who's a mid. And Yvonne Bonner, their Irish their woman. Their Irish player. Who's a utility. And Cora is another. They've got two Irish players. Yes. Um, and they've got Britt Tully, who's inactive. I want to talk about Yvonne Bonner. Okay. Um. 
I think she's going to have an even more significant impact on the competition this year than Cora Staunton did last year. Whoa, big call. Genuinely. She's a rookie, though. How's she going to get in? I think they're going to make it work for her. Because she, she's so clean with the ball. She reads the ball so well. And she can be played anywhere. She takes really strong marks, especially in contested situations. And she's just cool, collected, makes the right decisions. She's Irish. Uh, exactly. That's she's cool. Exactly. But she's <laughs> different to Cora in the respect that when she's taking a set shot, she goes back and kicks the drop punch. She doesn't go around the corner. Yeah, She's okay. got those skills as well, which I don't think we've seen from a player who's just come in and trained for a couple of weeks. I don't think we've seen that before. And she looks like she's going to have a really big impact on the comp. Mm. And I'm so excited to watch her play in terms of um, a really structured match, not a practice match. Uh, I think she could be a big influence on their their improvement as a team. That's exciting. We saw last year players like Courtney Garm come in. I love in, Courtney Garm. Yeah. Debuting at the age of 36 and winning the AFL Gives me hope. MVP. Yeah. I'm never going to debut in the AFL <laughs> Um, but they kind of started to get a bit of consistency last year and became Absolutely. a threatening team in the back half of the year. I think they're going to start that from day dot this season. I really hope they do. They're going to, they're going to be a force that I honestly think, and I'm not making a premier prediction later on, but I think they're. They're they would there. be the one that I'd put the money on if I had to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Christine, Christine Bernardi is a great get for them. Yeah. The leading goal kicker for Collingwood and now they've slotted her in. Almost seems like a like, maybe not a like for like, but, you know, Phoebe McWilliams kicked a lot of goals for the Giants. She's gone, bring Christine Bernardi in to kick some goals. That seems really clever. Yeah. They have lost Renee Forth. I know she didn't have a great season with the Giants, but, um, you know, when we were talking about Adelaide, we were talking about how much experience and leadership she brings to the team. So that is a bit of a loss. Um, I think they've picked up some really quality players. Um, Alice, Elise? I think it's Alice, but I'm it not sure. It could also be Elise. Um, she was best player in the underrated champions last year. Yeah. That's a quality pickup for them. I did notice reading through the um, AFLW prospectus that they picked up a lot of um, Sandful players. Yeah. Which is really interesting because I feel like that's a competition that almost slides under the radar a little bit because some of – I think – Adelaide's a bit confusing because they have two sort of top-level women's competitions and one runs at sort of the same time as AFLW. Oh, really? Hmm, interesting. Um, yeah, so I think she's a really great get and it's going to be really exciting to see her. I mean, Erin McKinnon, All-Australian Rock. Yeah. Can't wait to see what she does this year. She's only going to get better. She's so young. She's, um, what, 20 now? Yeah, I think what she, we were saying she was the youngest person in the team at the start of the In the competition in the, competition, in the first, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so she's super young. I think with a couple of seasons under her belt, she's going to get more confident. She's going to get better at what she does. And, you know, hopefully she can be doing more around the ground. I think that was kind of the drawback for her of not being uh, an, a f- sort of impactful player outside of a ruck situation. Yeah. So I something that's interesting about GWS, and they're not the only team that's done this, is they elevated all their 2018 rookies which I think mm. speaks to that kind of play development type thing. Pretty yeah. sure the Bulldogs did it as well and Collingwood might have, might have, might be making that up. But I think that kind of speaks to that sort of team development, building, kind of not just kind of slot, not just trying to slot people in mm. but trying to build something, which yeah. is a really interesting idea. And I'm also excited to see Dalmug play first try Strait Islander. 
Yeah, um, and she looks like she's got a really good goal sense. Yeah. She knows what she's doing up forward and she can find those goals no matter where she is. Yeah. Which is really exciting. The other one I want to talk about is Hanin Zrika. Yes. Um, well, she was elevated from the rookie list last year. Well, so. she got delisted, then re-rookied or something. She got picked up in the draft. Um, but she's not a rookie this year. I don't think so. She's a player. Yeah. Yeah. So she she seems to have a really good agility and speed around the ground, which is something they probably lacked on the outside last year. They had the strength of those players like um, Amanda Ferruja and uh, Courtney Garment on the inside of the contest, but they maybe lacked a little bit on the outside. I think she bring will Brings bring that. that this year along with someone like Bonner. Um, I'm... I'm very bullish about GWS's chances going into next year. Look, I'm with you. You know, I think they had um, a really great, um, you know, showed a lot of development last Mm. year. You know, they were the wooden spooners the season before. Yeah. uh, And only because they lost to others, lost to the Bulldogs. That was a bit of a fight between us in the first (laughs) season. But, you know, I think they showed a lot of improvement which, you know, you could put down to a different sort of coaching setup up there. I think the coach up there has a lot of respect from the players and a lot of yeah. love, obviously. You can kind of get that feeling mm. from um, just even from their social media, yeah. um, that sort of relationship that they built, which is really, really important. You can never be underestimated how important it is to have that um, really solid coach-player relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I I have a lot of hopes for a lot of high hopes for them. You know, they've still got the likes of Jess Delpos, Alicia Eva, Amanda Fruja, who you mentioned, Courtney Gum, Tanya Hetherington, who yeah. was a star defender. I'm so excited that she has kept her spot and will play again this season. Um, so, I mean, the sky's the limit for them, really. Yeah. And I would not be surprised in the least to see them playing in the grand final. Yeah. Uh, so they don't play your dogs or Fremantle. Very disappointed that we don't get to play them. Yeah. Um, but again, could end up could work in as our a favor. positive. Um, but I've always enjoyed watching the Giants and the Bulldogs play. I've yeah. always found them like you know quality matches. Even when we were vying for the golden spoon in the first <laughs> season, it was, you know it was still a good match. Having evenly so. matched, yeah, yeah. So um, and they kick off their season against Brisbane tomorrow at the Moreton Bay Central Sports Complex, um, which yeah will show us the difference between that practice match from last week and and what's happening now. Um, the, their final game too could be another interesting game that really determines what happens final-wise because they're playing Geelong. So yeah. if Geelong have a really solid season and so do the Giants, that could be a game that determines who's playing finals. That could be super interesting. Hey? Yeah. Um, and I think when you talked about the player-coach relationship, I think Geelong are another team that seemed to stand out. A lot of the Geelong players are, are big fans of Paul Hood and what he's doing, obviously coming from the VFLW side as well. He's had time with those He's had time to players. build those relationships. So, I, yeah, I just don't think you can ever underestimate how important that is, um, that, you res- that you respect your coach and that you want to um, – you know, I, pl- I started playing footy for the first time last year and I really wanted to work hard for my coach. I, yeah. wanted, I wanted him to say good work. You know, I wanted him to sort of <laughs> – Yeah, because it's, you know – um, be happy with what I was doing out on the field. So I was I was really working hard, yes, for my teammates, but I was working hard for him as well. And yeah. I think, um, you know, when you've got that sort of coach-player relationship, I mean, again, not to talk about um, men's footy too much, but when you think about the AFLM 2016 grand final with the Bulldogs, and sorry, I don't mean to make you cry, and the 27 grand final with Richmond, you know, there was that, the solid relationship with the coach was a huge part of that, I think. Oh, so and I'm not surprised to see it carry over into AFLW. It's team sport. Yeah, and it's representative of Melbourne's men's team turnaround is 
the coach. Their, their relationship with not only Paul Ruse but now Simon Goodwin. Yeah. So I think, I think it's, it's so going to be interesting to see what happens with Fremantle. With yeah. A new coach. Adelaide's got a new coach. And you know, Carlton. Carlton's got a new coach. Like, so what's going to happen there? I think Paul Hood has that relationship with a lot of his players. Um, and North coach Scott Gowans. Yeah. I think, you know, that's going to be an interesting one too. Like, how do they how do they make that work? Yeah, it's so going to be, be fascinating. Watching, be watching. <laughs> we're going to chat very briefly about a game or a couple of games that we're most looking forward to, kind of looking at the fixture, what kind of grabbed your eye. You've got a couple... Which one would you like to talk about? Um, I don't know. There's so many. I mean, there's a couple of little things like North um, North first game in Tassie, Collingwood playing at Vic Park. Like, that's really cool, you know, just especially Collingwood back at Vic Park. That's really exciting. Yeah. The Pride game's really cool. Um, there's a couple of, you know, grudge matches. <laughs> but um, <laughs> something I'm really, really excited and really looking forward to is the doubleheader that's being played at Marvel Stadium. Yes. Um, so Collingwood play North and then the Bulldogs play Melbourne. Um that's going to be really, really exciting. And I'm really hoping we can sort of like pack out that stadium and, you know, smash a couple of records or something. You know, roof open, sunny afternoon, afternoon, evening, whatever. It's Both. two games. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm really, really excited for that. I'm going to try and drag along as many people as I can. Yeah. That are more probably maybe likely to come to Marvel Stadium or Etihad or whatever you want to call it, Docklands, who cares, <laughs> um, than, you know, Casey Fields. Yeah. So um, that that's a standout for me of something I'm really really excited for the thing yeah I went looking at that I got so excited about it too I noticed a lot of people who are maybe less invested in the AFLW than maybe you or I are (laughs) complaining that oh it takes away the community aspect of it I got so excited seeing it not only because it's a double header but the last year when uh, Fremantle and Collingwood got to play that game at Optus Stadium which broke all the records and did all those things there were two teams coming into that game who hadn't shown a lot of skill or, or weren't looking very promising prior to that, but put them into a stadium that protects them from the elements, um, is a little bit bigger so it has more space to move, the game isn't congested. That game was amazing for mm. two teams that were down towards the bottom of the ladder. If you give them if you give the women the the chance to play in a in an environment that as an, is more controllable yeah. in terms of weather and all that sort of stuff, it actually makes such a difference. And that's why I get frustrated when people are like, oh, they don't have any skills, they're this, they're that. There's a lot working against them for them not to be able to show these skills that Absolutely. they do have. Absolutely. I mean, I can tell from tell you from my own experience, you know, when the weather can really have an impact on, on where the ball goes and, and what happens. Yeah. Like a real impact. So I, I agree, absolutely, when you remove those kind of um, situations, which – the men's competition has removed for quite a while now. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that certainly has an impact on what happens on the field. For yeah. Sure. So I'm, I am hanging out for the, that double header for many reasons, that just being one of them. Yeah. Um, I do wish there was some more time between some of the games on the, on the fixture so that you could do your own kind of like mini double header. Yeah. Like I know um, there's at least one instance where Collingwood was playing at Vic Park. Um, I think it's around seven actually. Collingwood played the Lions at Vic Park on a Sunday at two. The Bulldogs play Carlton at four. So it's yeah. not enough time to like see the, the Collingwood-Brisbane game and then get over to Wittenoval to see the Bulldog-Carlton game. So that just seems like a planning issue that yeah. know, probably was overlooked. Especially like they don't do the Fridays as much because of the whole they're not full-time athletes thing. 
But if you made them full-time athletes and then gave them the Fridays... Well, I mean, I was looking at the fixture and there's, you know, I mean, there's no reason why we can't have round six to long Fremantle at the Cattery on a Friday night. Yeah. Like, why not? Yeah. Um, so the lack of Friday night games is kind of frustrating. Um, I think it's probably got a lot to do with the broadcast deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it is kind of frustrating because it does mean that your opportunity to go to game to is because you know, I'm one of those people that will go to like as many A4W games as I can in a weekend. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of weird, but no, it's um, not weird. <laughs> and I know I'm not the only one, but I look at the fixture and I say, okay, Round six, if Geelong and Fremantle were on the sun, on the Friday night at Geelong, I'd go to Geelong on the Friday night. If there was an extra and see that game, if there was an extra like hour between Collingwood and North, oh no, that's a double header, so that's fine. I can just stay in my seat the whole time. But like you know, on that Sunday afternoon, if there was an extra bit of time, I'd go to both games. Yeah, and I think that comes back to not trusting your audience. Yeah, like yep. give them opportunities to see as much as you can. Promote it as, you know, go to Vic Park and watch this game and then, you know, jump on the train and get over to Witten Oval and watch this game. I mean, they don't promote it at all, so <laughs> like, how can Why you would just... they do that? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no bitterness here. Um, but what my... are you looking forward to? The game that really stands out to me other than the doubleheader, there were a lot of things in the fixture that I got really excited about when it was announced that a lot of people seemed to be really negative about but made me really excited. But in particular, Collingwood Melbourne back at Vic Park on the 9th of Feb, afternoon game back at Vic Park we just had a few renovations so it's a really beautiful precinct now yeah um it's so easy for me to get to Um, it's like a you could literally throw a stone from the trace from the station onto the oval yeah yeah um the fact that my team gets to play the game there against Collingwood it's gonna be such a good atmosphere absolutely and I think yeah I'm I actually as soon as I saw the fixture I was telling everyone 4.40 or whatever it is at Vic Park on the 9th of February. you got to come. I made my own Facebook event for it to invite a whole bunch of people. (laughs) I think it's going to be such a standout afternoon in terms of But that, I mean, again, that is another one where if you started that game half an hour earlier and started the Bulldogs one 15 minutes later, people could do both. Yeah, exactly. So I will be there for the first half of that game, but then I'm probably going to skedaddle to get to Witten Oval. So that's a... But agree, like, getting back to Vic Park is so exciting. Yeah, I'm hanging out... And because... It's kind of my area. Like I work work very close to it. I live very close to it. It's very kind of – it's like footy's home for me, whereas to see Melbourne until this point, you have to go to Casey Field, which is – it just feels like a whole other world. It's whereas, very difficult to get to. Yeah, whereas this is like, oh, my my team is playing at home. It's Even though it's not their home game, I'm so looking forward to it. So Yeah, that's going to be an exciting one. Yeah, and anyone that knows me knows that I've been kind of yelling at everyone about coming to this game. Um but we've also not just chosen some games we're looking forward to, but we've each made three predictions for the season. I've got about six written down. <laughs> um, let's take turns. Do you want to go first? Sure. What's your first prediction? Dogs back to back grand uh, previous. <laughs> you knew I was going to write that down. I mean, sure. <laughs> Would you like me to go next? <laughs> go for it. Um. Kind of touched on it already, but I think GWS are going to be the big movers of the season, and that Yvonne Bonner is going to have are going to be an important part of that charge. I did have Giants Smoky for the grand final. So. Yeah, um, I think that they're again repeating what I said before, but they they're looking really threatening. They've taken two years to kind of 
become a cohesive group and now it's their chance to just fire. It's like the slingshot. The first two seasons was pulling back, pulling back, pulling back and this season's going to be letting it go. That's a wonderful analogy. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of slingshots in my it's head. Good though, I like it. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's look, I my agree. first I think I, I don't think there's I think there's been a lot of chatter about North Melbourne in Geelong and I think Giants are kind of slipping under the radar a little bit. So. Yeah. And I mean they've got such wonderful leadership in Amanda Faruja. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about that, even though it's not my team. Yeah, absolutely. What's your second one? Um, full Marvel Stadium, doublehead around six. Excellent. Well, that could be another record-breaking one. We could break it in round one and then in the doubleheader. Would, I don't know if the Geelong Stadium has um, – I don't know what the capacity is down there. I think it's about 40, and I know that it was thirty-two or 35,000 that broke the record at Optus Stadium last year. Oh, I thought it was bigger than that. They sold 50,000 tickets, but only 30-something rocked up. Okay. Right. So we could smash that at Geelong and then smash it again at Marvel. Yes. So let's do that. That's what I hope happens. Let's get out there. Let's create a campaign for it. Train station in Geelong is right next to the Cattery. So you can get a train from Melbourne straight down there. Lovely V-line trains, comfortable seats. And the stadium's pretty great. Yes. They've had a lot of renovations. It's a beautiful new stadium. So, yeah, get down there to the Geelong game. Let's smash some records. And then let's get out to Marvel Stadium and smash some records there too. They're both very easy to get to. Super easy. Yes. What's your next one? Um, again, one that we touched on before, but Brianna Davey is going to allow Taylor Harris to have the best season of her career. Mm. Yes. You know, what's interesting about Taylor Harris is I think she got a lot of attention in the first season. A lot of attention. And her game probably wasn't quite there. Yeah. So She's very young. She And I think a lot of people forget that, yeah. how young that she actually is. So I really hope that that comes comes true. I'd really like Taylor to really um, take her game up another notch and, you know, take advantage of her height and her skill and that incredible kick. Um, yeah, And absolutely. not get suspended. <laughs> I mean, ideally not. Um, do they play Brisbane? Maybe that won't even happen. <laughs> well, I forget, did we mention that? Uh, do Carlton play Brisbane? Yeah, they do. Oh, okay. Well, fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's a great one. Yeah, I... I think the Brianna Davy move is going to be genius by the end of the season. Mm. Yeah. Let's we'll see. Uh, it'll be interesting. We'll see. We're watching. What's your next one? <laughs> um, my next one is um, I'll just like the conference system as much at the end of the season as I do at the beginning. I can t- fully agree <laughs> with you on that. Just let them play each other once. I'm not sure how much of a prediction that is, but... <laughs> It's a pretty fair one, though. I'll do another one. Kiara Bowers will have a cracking season. Yeah, okay, good. I can get on board with that, too. Yep. So excited. (laughs) Uh, My last one is at least one interstate team will be playing the grand final, but it won't be Brisbane. Mm, It's going to be the Giants. We know you want the Giants to play. Where's the grand final going to be played, do you think? Probably not the place it's meant to be again. Yeah, maybe Casey Fields. (laughs) No, Blacktown <laughs> International Sports Park. <laughs> no, look, I think that ground at Brisbane where there's no shade. Uh, yeah, Morton Bay. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That's quality, quality <laughs> venue for a grand final. No reason you couldn't put it if it's GWS at Spotless. Spotless is, what, a 25, 30,000 capacity? Is that or a the reason? SCG? Yeah. I mean, sure. It's not due to the I guess, I guess the pro- the, yeah. yeah, and the problem also with Sydney is that the, the supporter base for football is not quite as big. So if you're going to have it up there, you probably opt for a smaller stadium, rather have it packed than a bigger stadium half full. Yeah, and I think the whole Canberra connection with GWS 
Spotless is easier for people to get to from Canberra for a day trip as well. Canberra's actually a lovely ground. I don't know if you've been there, but Manuka? Manuka Oval is, yeah. is such a nice ground. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my prediction that at least one interstate team, but not Brisbane, which Poor is a big Brisbane. call, I know. Poor Brisbane. But they just looked they looked out on their feet in that practice match. And, again, I know that it's not an indicator of everything, but GWS just ran over the top of them with their skill. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Can I make one more? Yes, please do. Um, I'm, I'm so <laughs> such a tragic. Um, the Irish players are really going to impress. Yeah. We know Corey did last year. I know you mentioned Yvonne. But I think the other players, um, you know, they can – I know Sarah Rose a rookie at Collingwood, but if she can get onto the ground, um, I think they're going to really impress. And I think we may see more and more players come from the Gaelic leagues over. Yeah. And, I mean, because it is such a, a burgeoning league, like burgeoning – wow, I said that so wrong. Um, burgeoning league that it does have the door open for these kind of other players like Shay Sloan into Melbourne from volleyball and a, a lot yeah, of those I mean, things look, happening. Ash Utri was a hockey player, is a hockey player. Yeah. And she had an incredible first season with the Bulldogs last year. What a gun. Yeah. Um, so well, Conti's a basketballer. I like, mean, there's so Brooke Lachlan many of is them. an ice skater. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and there's so many of them that are sort of in that same situation. So, and you're right. There isn't. There is um, an option for that to be happening in the AFLW right now that is not available in the in the AFLM. Hmm. So it's really exciting to see these players come in. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I I think the that window is um is open at the moment but I think it's going to close in a couple of years. Yeah, because there is so much talent coming through and there are so many more pathways being created. Like, And I, I often get asked, um, obviously being a really big Sydney fan, I often get asked why I go for Melbourne um, and why I'm not waiting for Sydney to get a team. Um, I know that Sydney have not applied for a women's team for very specific reasons. I know that they want to do it the right way and that doesn't always mean that it's going to be right now. It may mean it's in five years. Um They've they've got the girls' academy that is creating talent pathways in North New South Wales. I know there's a lot happening in Melbourne. I know there's a lot happening in Queensland. It's growing very quickly. South Australia and Western Australia. In Sydney, it's still a struggle for the men, let alone the women. Mm. Um, so that's why I'm really proud of the fact that Sydney have developed the girls' academy and they've got professional coaches in there. And I'm very quietly hoping that Beck Goddard, now that she's in Canberra, maybe will get recruited across to become a coach. Actually, I had a whisper on Twitter. Yes. That she could be moving to Queensland. Oh, that would be interesting. 2020 Gold Coast coach. Oh, that could be cool. I just think she's too much of a talent for them not to offer a full-time job. Yeah, I mean... It's just silly. You're, yeah, you're, you're, if the opportunity is there and you don't take it to bring Beck Goddard on board in any any way that you can, Yeah. ideally as a head coach, you'd, but, you'd I be mean, look what she silly. did with the Canberra Demons in the NEFL last year. They, they've always been a cellar dweller team. She got them to the finals. You know, she she knows what she's doing. Yeah. Um, and she's a character too. I really adore her. Um, so I go for Melbourne because I have a family connection to the Melbourne as a club, but also because Melbourne were a, a One of the pioneer team. Yeah, along with the Bulldogs, yeah. When Sydney has a team, they'll be my second team. It's as simple as that. But I really respect the fact that the Swans are – trying to create pathways from the very start instead of trying to jump on at the end and then 
contribute to the complaints people have about spreading the talent pools too thin. Yeah, but as we were saying, that talent pool is growing, growing, growing. Yeah. Um, you know, the TSE Cup competition in Victoria, you know, when we've got um, state leagues growing from strength to strength around the country. So, yeah, that, the window for those cross-coders is closing. Yeah. Um, and it may not close next year or the year after that, but I think in a couple of years, maybe in five years, you really will struggle to get on a team list unless you have that footy background. Yeah. And because I think... it becomes you are looking for footballers, not athletes. Correct. Because anybody can get fit, mm-hmm. but having that kind of football ability, can you kick, handball, mark, even read the play, yeah. read the play, all that sort of stuff. And that really only comes with getting out there and playing again and again and again and again. Yeah. So I think it'll in, enjoy the kind of cross-coders and the exciting stories about coming from ice skating or hockey or netball or basketball because I think there will come a point in time in the next few years when they won't be. Those stories won't exist. Yeah, or they'll be very few. Um, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, look at the impact that players like Georgie Parker and Ash Brazel had on Collingwood. They were really strong players for them, and Shani Layton's another one, but, yeah, that it's going to be closing. Um, so in, enjoy it while it lasts, I guess, is absolutely. the big thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, this has been... A very fun experience doing this AFLW season preview. Super fun. Uh, also tune in at 5pm for Kirby's audio doco the first Friday in February. We're airing that at 5pm, which is a very exciting thing for me. I Again, I've listened to it a number of times and I always get emotional. I'm not an emotional person, but it does make me emotional. Yes, exactly <laughs> what I was aiming for. So definitely tune into that and please get out to as many AFLW games as you can this season. Absolutely. I mean, they're free, so just rock up. It The show of support is everything because we're fighting for this league to be considered legitimate by those who don't want to give it a chance. We have to keep showing up. You keep showing up, they have to build it for us. Exactly. So and you keep s- showing up in numbers, supporting the competition, supporting the players, supporting the teams, force the AFL to give us what we want. And we've seen it in the WBBL, the increase in their right? seasons. Absolutely. They, they've given it the time to grow and look Invested what it is it. now. We just need to prove that we ne- we want it as much as the, the WBBL supporters want it. Yep. So show up. Please Get to the do. footy. And if you see me around, come and say hi. And Kirby too, yes, I imagine. Absolutely. I don't yes. want to force people I'll probably people be on wearing you. an I Love AFLW t-shirt. So. <laughs> Can you make one for me? And, yeah. <laughs> and, a, and probably some sort of Bulldogs hat, scarf situation, even though it's summer, <laughs> I don't care. But definitely come and say hi. Excellent. So, again, we'll be back with game previews before every round on Play On Radio. And this has been Gemma and Kirby Fenwick.